Pop Lab the movie. What's that? Well, it's our show that we did in Edinburgh 2019 that you can now watch. Yes, watch from the comfort of your own home via our website, friskyandmanish.co.uk. There is a click to pay what you like kind of situation. You know, we don't have jobs anymore. Help us out. Um, and then you can get through to link and watch the video and have an amazing time. It's going to be great. It was acceptable in the decade. It was acceptable at the time. It was acceptable in the decade. It was acceptable at the time. Hello! Welcome to the Frisky and Manish podcast. We are Laura Corcoran and Matthew Floyd-Jones, a.k.a. Frisky and Manish. That's right. Thank you. And uh, today it's the next episode in our series in which we take individual decades and we decide what was acceptable in them going by Calvin Harris's uh, rules. So um, (laughs) (laughs) he published them. You're probably aware. He has nothing to do with it. Um, (laughs) But it was a useful uh, theme. But um, yeah, this, uh, unfortunately, you've made me announce this week's uh, theme, week's theme, as if we're doing it by weeks. There's no, there's no regulation. Um, But this episode, we, I I don't want to say it because, uh, you know, it's the first decade of the millennium we're currently in. And it seems like everyone decided without me, uh, without either of us, that we had to call it the noughties, which I just hate so much. I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate it. Especially because then I have to say, well, I, you know, I went to university in the noughties. I became an adult in the noughties. I'm a naughty. No, no, I'm not. You are so naughty. Right. Well, yeah, but I want to keep that <laughs> private. Ew. Um, <laughs> me, not you. I mean, look. Look. We said on the 90s that, you know, this was the first one. That was the first decade where we could talk from sort of, you know, personal experience. Mm. The noughties covers us from 15 to 25. I mean, this is... Honey, honey. This is the makings of us this decade. <laughs> it's also when we met. I just realised. It is. And it's when we started being Frisky and Manash. Oh, it's when God. everything in our lives, all the wheels were set in motion. Yeah. So, I mean, we're talking about, you know, the cultural soundtrack to that time, people. This is going to be emotional. Oh, God, it's, it's fundamental. It's foundations. It is. <sighs> so where to begin? Where? Where to begin? On such um, a culturally important decade, just for the reasons outlined previously. I'm trying to think, when we met, what would have, if if you'd have grabbed us at that moment of, you know, what was it, spring 2004, and pinned us down and and made us kind of just own up to our, what what were our cultural favourite things going on in the world right at that moment? I wonder what they would have been. Would they would have been relevant yeah. to the noughties? Would, would Do you feel like you were that sort of tuned into, you know, or were you taking, you know, your kind of cultural sucker from things in the past the way I feel like Pardon. I mostly, mostly um, did? Sucker with a U- O-U-R on the end. You know? mm-hmm. um, sure, I, sure. do you know what? That was a, that was the time of Napster. That was the time of file sharing. Of course it was. And yeah. I remember in my university dorm th- thing, not really a dorm it's like a block but anyway yeah. um staircase it's a thing sure. um we on our staircase we could all share um all of our music folders there was like a an open a central part of sort the, of internet thing of the uh, yeah of the of the network and yeah so it was the time of like absolutely just stealing just theft music theft and not just you know music like all of music up to that point so weirdly 
at around that time, I think that was when I was discovering 70s rock. I was having a real 70s rock moment. Love it. Um, and I was also getting kind of into my hip hop a little bit. Um, of kind of listening to all those things. Like kind of the sort of thing that I wouldn't buy. I wouldn't be like, this I'm going to spend a tenner on this. Yeah. But I'm interested enough to take some time out of my day to listen to this. To actually explore. Um, it was also the time that I did an experiment where I, I looked for all of the songs involving the name Laura. Such a shit name. Sorry, <laughs> I love your parents. Um, <laughs> Laura. And all the Lauras. Spanish. Um, but it does. It's way better in Spanish. There's so many great Spanish songs about Laura. <laughs> Laura. Um, and it felt like the second after I did that, Scissor Sisters released Laura. And I was like... I think he says the sisters are making me kill again. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think you caused they that? <laughs> they found they out knew. the searching. This woman is searching and she needs it. Interesting. Well, I like that. Yeah, I mean, I can I can relate. I feel like I was very late to, as with most things technology, I was very late to anything uh of that sort. I didn't I didn't have a lap this is what I find crazy. When I went to university in 2003, I didn't have a laptop. Which doesn't seem that weird when, you know, plenty of people don't have laptops now. But it's weird to me now to think that by the time I left, it just everyone had a laptop. That was just a standard, you know, a standard item that you needed to be able to complete your work. But when I went, I had a desktop computer that was an old one. No, you one. didn't. I, you which, didn't move an entire desktop computer yeah, into your room. Absolutely did. I, well, I need to check with my dad. I'm sure. Was I'm sure it was Stone Ages. <laughs> that's Jesus. what I mean. It was, and I remember like a couple of my friends at, at college who I just met. You know, kind of you know came into my room to have a first kind of oh meet my next door corridor neighbour, and then were just like. Looking at this huge, great sort of ET level screen, was it heating the room as well as <laughs> providing you with the internet. It was. I. I mean, I wish. No, it was still very chilly. But um, I. Yeah. I, I. Sometimes I remember that, and I think that's crazy to me that uh, what I now think of as just a kind of standard element of our lives. You know, to me, a, a laptop was a luxury, an absolute luxury that that didn't even. I didn't even process the possibility that I would have. And then, obviously, by the end of university, I had one. Just like a cheapo one, but I was like, of course you need one. And that's when I started. So I was a few years later to then, you know, going on iTunes and, um, you know, you know, I used to be able to see other people's libraries on iTunes. Yes, yeah, you could. That... that was always very revealing. Yeah. And also so much pressure. Oh, God, then you had to curate. So that's when, yeah, oh, because obviously completely. I'm nothing if not a curator of, of online spaces. I'm trying to be good, better now. But when Facebook first came in, it was, you know, I was just obsessed with like, well, how do, other, how do I want other people to see me? Which is obviously a common problem. And um, the iTunes library thing, it was like, you don't even know if anyone's actually looking, but of course everyone is looking. And then, oh, it, it, was, it was more pressure than my, you know, revision, really. <laughs> what, because you just had to like balance out all the Bernadette Peters? <laughs> no, at the time, I would have been like, I want everyone to know how much of a Bernadette Peters stan I am, <laughs> because that's my identity. Um, but but yeah. to get back to the noughties. Sorry, let's get back on track. Um, and away from Bernadette Peters. It didn't um, take long, did it? Didn't take long. I mean, never. I would never go away from Bernadette Peters, <laughs> just to be clear. Um, but um, I think running up to getting to university because once you get to university you know you're just out all the time eating kebabs or I was and um I spent my whole late teens I think just watching MTV that was the era of MTV like Did multiple you? MTV channels constantly streaming videos they just started doing TV programs but nobody really cared about those but we were all like watching dismissed. all the music videos it was like the time of the epic multi-million dollar music video huge oh. scale Everything. I mean, okay. without that, J-Lo would never have had a career. And thank goodness she does. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, 
I'm, I'm sure you're right. I, I'm going to say I think of Jennifer Lopez as an actress, first and foremost, because of Selena. Which is why the music video was her medium. Sure. She could dance. When she went into music, she was yeah. giving it. She was beautiful. And we, the voice is fine. Well, oh God, I mean, nothing to say about the voice, really. You know, I mean, it's, no. it's nothing to write home about, but it's everything. It's the whole package, isn't it? Which I guess is what I, makes her an MTV era possible star oh, on on that oh. magnitude. Is the oh. it's the personality, the charisma, the I mean, the body, if nothing else. I mean, the face, Honey. all of it. It was heaven. Have you seen Hustlers? She's brilliant. Though? Have you seen Hustlers? It was last year, I think. Yes, I know, okay. and I haven't. Oh, but haven't. I've had a child since then, and things are difficult you're, now. I don't I, get through can the I just say movies. It's not a thing that happens. You're going to love it. You're going to love it so much. I know, much. I this know. Is... It's like made for me. It's got Lizzo in. I don't want to get into that because I'm going to get really upset about I'm it. Sorry, so let's just get back to the topic sure, in hand. Sure, Thank sure, you. Sure, sure, sure. No, I get it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I didn't watch t- um, MTV on a regular sort of loop. I remember my my youngest brother used to just generally have music channels on in the background if he was in the living room. So I was. I had it was kind of there, but I think I wasn't. I just never really paid attention because. I need a story. I need I need dialogue for my TV. Listen, I'm sorry. There was I'm, all I'm the special. story you could want. Yeah, but it wasn't in dialogue. the early noughties music video. Go on then, paint me. A, what's your favourite story of a of a music video of the early noughties? And and don't but say, I, you know. Can we just talk about Lucky oh. Britney Spears? It oh. was a three act play. Was it had it? everything. I the mean, transitions. We saw her on the red carpet. We saw her alone in her room. We saw her winning and then, okay, an Oscar. Britney is a great example, again, of this era of MTV star. Because, I mean, we, we started her career with Lucky. And not literally start her career with Lucky, but it was very close to the beginning. Sure. Amazing. And then she came back around with um, Every Time, where she's, like, killing herself in a bath. And it was basically Lucky, but, like, the dark side. The oh, I see. Oh, you, see, with, you think they're actually part of a... a- a kind of trilogy of sorts, or well, a duology. I mean, I'd be totally biology. unintentionally, but sure, sure. to me, the dark side of the coin, yin and yang. Yes, lucky and yes. rather unlucky. I mean, it was incredible. <laughs> she should have called it rather unlucky. Yeah, not unlucky. Not, not, not so lucky. By Britney Spears. Well, that's um, interesting. Yeah, Britney. I mean, obviously, uh, as a twin um, to to Britney's kind of one two of that, you've got Christina Aguilera coming out first. I mean, her her obviously old TV mate coming out first with a with a, a song that's kind of similarly naughty, but kind of oh, you know, just suggesting potentially that if you rub this bottle, I might come out of it. You know, obviously, like it's you know, we, we know what it means, but you know, you can get away with it. That was I, I bought. But that did when Christina? I was 15. Nobody knows. I mean, yes, <laughs> sure, obviously. Sure. Look at her; she's filth. If I was fifteen and um, I had a suspicion, then I think she probably did know. But um, but then you know what? Two, one or two years later, I can't. I don't know the timeline of it. I'm not a huge fan. But um, then she comes back and she's basically now she she's an actual hoe, assless chaps. Like she she's assless a she's a hoe, but she's also a poet. Chaps. Do you Incredible. know what I mean? She, like. Which, I mean, I feel like she proved, in a similar way, I mean, Britney proves to me that you can hoe it up visually and aesthetically, but also be a comedian. And Christina <laughs> whoa, proves whoa, that you whoa. can hoe it up Backtrack. and be a poet. You're say- we're, saying, we're saying that Britney is a comedian. Yeah. And Christina Regalera is a poet. If, you, if, You're if they were the only two people that, in the world... Just unpack that for that me That would be moment. those jobs. <laughs> okay, well, I feel like, I mean... I honestly think the, the 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 comedy that Britney Spears has given to the world far outweighs her musical contribution. Um, Intentional comedy? Yes, actually. Although I also know that that she has become. I mean, I don't. I'm not a fan of uh, the kind of. I, I I hope people listening agree that when we approach a pop star to spoof and mock them, 
I hope that they all agree how much love they can feel from us towards every single one. I'm trying to think of someone we spoof that we don't at least appreciate the kind of value of, if not outright love. And um, so I don't like it when the joke about Britney or Whitney or other Itneys is about, <laughs> is purely about their, you know, personalized, sorry, publicized personal struggles. I, I really hate that because it's just, it's a cheap blow. It's a low blow. So I don't, yeah, I don't think agreed. of Britney being funny because she shaved her head and drove a car drunk and, you know, fed her kids McDonald's or whatever it is, whatever these things are that maybe are the other things. I, I find Britney funny when she goes on Will and Grace and is funnier than the actors in Will and Grace, you know? Interesting. I like Britney when she okay. does an Instagram post like she did this morning. I'm sorry to be very topical, but have you seen it? No. She bur- oh, of course, you're a mum, sorry. Um, let me translate for you. So in the real world, what's happening is there's right. s- social media and um, Britney Spears has gone on, I haven't seen much of the details of it, but she's done a post where she is standing in a sort of, you know, un- hard to see kind of background. It, and she says it's her gym that she's in and she accidentally burnt it down because there were two candles and one thing led to another and she burned down her gym. And then the video just ends. It's hilarious. It's already gone viral. I mean, I relate. <laughs> I would I would burn down my gym. With two candles. In lockdown. An entire I gym with so. two candles. But this yeah. is what I mean. I feel, and also Britney on um, uh, Judging American Idol or ex- whatever it was, you know, re- reality show that she judged. Those facial expressions alone, countless me, you know, for me, she's a comedian. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, I'll allow it. I think I will allow that. Good, because it's true. So Britney, the comedian, was acceptable in the noughties. I, I, just, I mean, I'm, I, I'll accept her at any point. But yeah, I, I won't accept the true. music all the time, but I will accept. But also, even then, musically, I find her comedic. And I wonder if, oh I my wonder God. if it's intentional. But look, Vocal this was the era as well of, and this, this, this is for like everyone making pop in the early noughties. It was the Max Martin epic production. Well, it was, yeah. You know, like you had 400 choristers doing your backing vocals there was like full orchestras recording single hits like <laughs> the scale of it was in was it was Excess, it yeah. was obscene yeah it was a bit, um, yeah, a bit offensive <laughs> and it was so epic as well you know everything just sounded like a movie soundtrack but like bang and all like because they were also the era of the like dancer pop star yeah. so he had all these amazing accents and ridiculous hits where, like, of course, Britney flung her entire head of hair. You know, of she course. was boom, 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 so good at the whip. Yeah, exactly. And, like, arms flying Amazing. out to the side just at, on, like, oh, random off freeze. On that, like, freeze. bang! Yeah. It's what a, oh, what a time. Which is also what a time. I would say that, yeah. you know, NSYNC oh, yeah. with their dance kind of routine, dance breaks, where sometimes it was, you know, the track was just entirely, you know, what, 16 double-tracked voices going boom or something. I don't know. I mean. <laughs> Whatever it was. Dirty pop. That's it. I knew I was referencing there something. <laughs> you know, when everyone goes, bah. Um, <laughs> and other, someone else goes, bah. You know. But then, it, this is what it sounds like. It's yeah. like, it's like, you know, the frog choir from the Wings cartoon. Bomb, bomb, bomb. It's like that, but like but cool, times a million. Okay. Um, it, I think that they, they were very inspired by that. Oh, classic. Yeah. I mean, yeah, God, it really is. you know. What what a way to to sort of usher in the sort of tween and teen, tween and teen people of the new millennium than with oh. these kind of epic, sort of futuristicy. It was always futuristicy, wasn't it? You know, yeah. she went to and Mars also and... they did not give a fuck about your vowels. <laughs> they had their own vowels. I've gone up by my. Oh yeah, everything's an A-Y. Yeah, of course, of course. And um, Biden, Biden. What's a Biden? I don't even know. <laughs> bye bye. That's a that's a Britney Biden. Answer. I think she was talking about Biden, possibly. Bye, bye. Well, she, what pref, sort of 
predicting the the rise and then sort of planing and then sort of just general existence of Biden. It was acceptable in the decade. It was acceptable at the time. We've kind of, I mean, in this era of pop, I think also was birthed another star who then went on to do something quite different with it. But she was in the same kind of like heavy production pop. She, okay, that's a clue. It is. I am, of course, talking about... Go on, describe her more. Well, and I'm going to go out and say her early work has never been surpassed in her very long career. I'm talking about Pink. Oh, my God. I am so here (laughs) for early R&B. Oh, of course you are. Pink. You make me sick. I'm hitting it. Amazing. <laughs> I didn't even recognise the song. Is that bad? Actually... So much better than Yeah, just like a pill. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't like Pink. Sorry, Pink. We, we often have this argument, don't we? <gasps> I know. But our She's argument is... She's got an is... incredible, incredible voice. But this is it. Is But, I mean, I don't trust myself. I, 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 I believe you're probably right when it comes to... I mean... Taste, you can't be right about taste. You like it or you don't. So it's not about who's right or wrong. But I, I fully... Except you are wrong, but that's fine. <laughs> but in terms of actual vocal skill, I fully... I, I bow to your greater knowledge being a trained vocalist as to that she's very skilled. And I, I can hear that she's skilled. I just don't enjoy... I don't get any character from her voice. If, if anything, I feel like the reason I know it's pink is because it's not the other people who I recognise and like. It's like that voice, mm. that bland voice that isn't anyone else, that's pink. Do you know what I mean? And that, I know that wow. sounds horrible. And I, I love wow. that she exists. I love the kind of, I love the, the area she occupies in the, in the rarefied air of pop. You know, we need, we need a pink. Ooh. I mean, I'd like to have both. I'd like to have her be both kind of, you know, kick-ass rocker and also um, hoochie R&B. I mean, what was she? Because she, she, was, she wasn't like, I don't know, she, 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 because she was R&B, but she still kind of had that kind of, I don't know, androgyny, tomboyish kind of sexiness, didn't she? She had like the short shavedy sides, pink hair with a little, like, basically like boy hair, but pink. Exactly. And she was in, you know, with, you know, the standard baggy combat pants, tight top that we were still Tiny rocking top. at the beginning of the noughties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um... And um, yeah, it was. I was. I was. Yeah, you loved so it. there for it. I mean, I she was dancing it. as well. She did all the like dance moves. Yeah. She was a dance pop star. She's like, blooming skilled. So like, um, um, I, I, I want to say that I. I don't think I own one Pink song. Certainly no albums. Well, neither do I. But that's because okay, it was fine. the era of stealing music. Sorry, Pink. Right. <laughs> no wonder she went into so what? I said a rock star because she just needed to like get on some adverts, you know? Because <laughs> no one's buying about that. her music. Sorry, you're, 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 sorry, you're, I robbed yeah, you. Exactly. You complain about it, but you're part of the problem, all right? <clears throat> I am. Yeah, Pink. Wow. I accept that. <laughs> Please don't arrest me, by the way. This is all for uh, entertainment purposes. Sure, yes. Yeah, There's no evidence. I'm just admitting that we are <laughs> criminals. Um, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, I, um, I sort of, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think of Pink first, but she has, she's been a mainstay. And of course, then yeah. she went into Lady Marmalade, which is a crazy sort of slip, you know, slip into a different genre, would you say? Or... Did she bring well, no, because that's what I mean. That's where she was coming from originally, and then she went all into the but rock I mean thing, burlesque and then she was like, sort of, you know, crazy horse. But Paris. that was okay. What I love. So this was again era of MTV. It was the era of behind the scenes at the video. I was 
I mean, Moulin Rouge was a hotly anticipated movie in my life. And then when it came out, <laughs> I went to see it eight times I at the cinema. I bet you loved like, it. It was for me. I bet you loved it. The aesthetic it. of it, the idea of it. If we're all brutally honest, the story is terrible. The script is really quite bad. And some of the performances are ropey. But everything about it was such a whirlwind of joy. It was great. Um, but they were making, this was before the movie came out, and they were making the music video. And the thing that's quite funny, I think, is when you know about sort of the Moulin Rouge movie and you've watched behind the scenes of the Moulin Rouge movie, which I may have watched many times when I was growing up. God. Um, it was all very last minute. Like they were still writing the final scene as they were shooting it. They didn't know what the fuck they were doing, basically. Um, but so clearly when they were making the music video for Lady Marmalade, they didn't know what the movie was yet. And there were loads oh. of things that they clearly decided on that had not yet that then they later cut. So there was this whole thing about a peep show. And it's really funny because like Lil Kim's there talking about it. They're like, so explain the concept to the video. She's like, well, it's basically like a peep show thing. Like basically when you see the movie, you're going to get it. Like it's part of the whole, it's like a whole thing in the movie of this, this like peep show thing. Um, and then that clearly all just got cut. So the Moulin Rouge video, the, uh, sorry, the Lady Marmalade video has a really tangential connection to Moulin Rouge. I mean, just the Moulin like, Rouge. Just, the just, the, just of... the presence of a red windmill, I think, is all that they've got, and the fact that they're in like pants. But then they're not even in pants in the movie because they're all in their big cancan skirts. It's, so it's just got nothing to do with anything, you... brilliant, really. And then, but I do think it's probably responsible for ushering in the new age of burlesque, and then variety, and then cabaret, and then us. It's so thank to. you. It's got pink oh, for Maya. Lady Marmalade. I, I think I was inspired by Maya mostly. Maya. What an underrated pop because, star that she was. Exactly. And also because in that lineup, and I, I, I'm not someone who's very good at this, but I admire it in other people. She stood there next to three, I would say, outrageous hams uh, or people who, you know. I, the subtlety of Christina Aguilera in that video. <laughs> Sure, sure. Is well documented. <laughs> I just... And shall we talk about Lil' Kim? I mean... Lil' Kim, I mean... Oh, 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 oh. Exactly. I mean, she's off on a different... No one's competing with her. But in terms of... I always feel... Incredible. And maybe this is something that actually characterises uh, or has fed into what I then... What I have just said about Pink. But I feel like Christina Aguilera and Pink in that video are sort of... They're kind of rivaling. I, I, I feel like there's a sort of sense of competition and of occupying a similar space and and jostling for primary you know, I'm position. I'm saying Pink could have sung all of that stuff, no. but Christina has very little taste, so she did. But what I feel happened is Pink was too close already in kind of general demeanour and, and sound to what Aguilera does more, yeah, less tastefully. Um, but obviously more. <laughs> Louder. Exactly. And then, but I feel like Pink, instead of going, right, well, I'm not, you know, I, I see what you're doing there. So I'm, in order to occupy my own space and make it my own, I'm going to, you know, go in this other, I don't know, jazzier or sultrier way. I just feel like Pink, it's it's like, you know, Aguilera does a riff and it's like really crazy and about a thousand notes. And then Pink does like more of a rock version of this kind of same riff. And it's like, okay, that was kind of the same. Do we need both of you? I don't know. Could one of you have just like, ducked out here and then you've got Maya who just doesn't rise to the bait and she can't rise to the bait because she can't she can't do that I know but what <laughs> oh, I love no but because what she what she then does is she just she's is very like, good in Chicago she is she, oh that's actually I hadn't thought about the fact that she was in Chicago when she was in the video for Moulin Rouge that's two absolute classics of uh, Nicole Kidman mm. filmography brilliant no it's not Nicole yeah. Kidman's not in Chicago what, Nicole, what are you on about um, <laughs> girl you high who am I thinking of for some reason I'm getting something anyway but what I want to say about Maya is that she I really feel like she had a sense of, I'm not going to try and compete here in a way that will mean I compromise what I do. 
I'm just gonna sit back on it. So they, you know, they do all those riffs at the end, and her one is just like barely open mouth, barely open mouth. What was it? Go on, go on, do it again. <laughs> Like, oh, that was really beautiful. I mean, that's a terrible impression of it. But do you know what I mean? In terms of like, I barely opened my mouth. I didn't even need to like, you know, sing from my diaphragm. I just kind of. And I did enjoy the end burped. of that where she goes, again, <laughs> with the vowels. Exactly. <laughs> and I just feel that's, like. That's not even a. How do you write that? The, that's the power, though, of someone who goes, I know what I am. And I, you know, I'm not going to be the showstopper of this, but in some ways I'm going to be the quiet secret weapon. Well, but. Okay. In my opinion. Yep. But, you know. She's the gremolata. Oh, Christina Aguilera's <laughs> whopping great steak. They're all fabulous and they all deserve to be there and it's fine. Why are we pitting people against each other is another thing I should point it's out. It's also not a competition, no. And I, because this is, I do feel like they occupy quite different things. But yeah, it, it was, sure I, wrong, I do yeah. feel like maybe Pink could have brought a little bit more of a rock into it. The fact that they did like, I didn't like the sort of curly wig they gave her and put her in all that lace I was like oh no I could have had a few more studs from pink and keep her it punky was unco- hair yeah exactly it was not way more comfortable fun. it wasn't comfortable the way she was a know. bit frilly yeah but also it's not frilly I, it is in its own way iconic and will be certainly to our generation yeah. won't it certainly certainly will um <laughs> and we forever let's move um, on let's move on Let's move on. Let's move on. Okay, let's go to the other end of the sort of musical spectrum in theory. Let's go to rock music. Um, because I do think it's widely acknowledged that the noughties is the time when rock music largely died. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I know why. I absolutely why? know why. It's because people started making rock in their bedrooms a la Daniel Bedingfield. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. I will not accept that. <laughs> yes, you will. Because he was I'm making, and I'm your partner. He was making second-rate garage music. <laughs> let's all just get that out there. Um, he, no, because, well, I think there's two, two kind of avenues of this. Like, I mean, on the one hand, it was being sort of held up, Stadium Rock was being held up by Muse and Coldplay, Coldplay I think. Exactly. And, Biggest selling you know, group of the decade. don't get me wrong. I think that they are actually both, you know, superb bands have seen the best light. That's so great. Of course. Yeah. But they can do what I they mean, do, they're so, they're so A-level. Do you know what I mean? Oh, God, yeah. They're so like goody two-shoes. It's the, yeah. You know, like Muse were referencing... Um, you know, classical stuff. I mean, that's that's the only thing I like about them. <laughs> Sorry, so, you know. this is what I mean. When you like it, it then we know that that's kind of the death of rock. Yeah, <laughs> it can't be rock. And then, it's true. and then on the other side of it, we had like these child rockers, like the Avril Lavigne, oh, or matrix. and like some Forty One, and over in England, you know, Busted McFly. You know, <laughs> it was like rock music aimed at literal children, yeah. performed by almost literal children. Yeah. That's not what rock should be. School kids who are like, you know, they've cut school to go to the local half pipe and, you know, somewhat, somehow half they've got a pipe. guitar and it's not there plugged was a, into It anything. was even a song called Half Pipe. Stop it, everyone. <laughs> not a thing. <laughs> you see, I know rock. I'm I'm a boy. Um, <laughs> I'm a real boy. Um, no, I totally, yeah. It, I mean, obviously we know that this is now a genre where I, I have little foothold in in terms of my own personal experience because it's not, I just don't. I mean, <laughs> I just don't care. I don't care. I've spent, what, 20 years pretending that I have more diverse taste than I really do. <laughs> the, I try, I'm trying to think of rock I like. I like Queen because it's glamorous and melodic and camp, you know. Superb. And yeah. I like... I like, you know, the odd song by, I don't know, like Led Zeppelin. But, you know, even then it's got to be like an old one with like recorders in it. You know, it's, it can't be just like <laughs> slamming, slamming, slamming. You know what I mean? But so when it comes to rock of the 2000s and 
I mean, I'm not a Muse fan. I'm not a Coldplay fan. I'm not a, you know, I, I wasn't, I certainly wasn't a um, Blink-182 fan or anything like that. Um, but I think that the the way in which rock died is probably to do with the general and gradual slow homogenization of pop culture that became so, in my mind, centered on marketing towards the people that would actually spend the money who were the the best market who were the teenage kids whose parents would give them their allowance or buy them presents for their birthdays you know based on their favorite bands or what they like to listen to and kids taste is just so boring well they just like what they're told really don't they kind of I mean, that's why it know, becomes homogenous whatever you're exposed to you're like well, yeah, do you know what i mean yeah, yeah there's there's no one we'll kind of there's it. no there's not demand there, there's there's demand for something they know they want there's not demand for something that doesn't exist yet or that could exist. And I mean, this is, a, I mean, I'm just making it up, but you know what I mean? That's, that's my theory. Um, <laughs> Here's a theory that I've just made up. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Well, cause I'm, and I that guess, ladies and gentlemen is a uh, higher education. It's also in action. It's also frisky managed. Um, yes. That's what we do. But um, yeah, do you know what I mean? Because I mean, when it comes to the kind of making music in your bedrooms thing, that should be a recipe for great invention. You would hope. That actually, you know, that if if the um, demands of um, your your record label and your producers saying, well, we need to think about what people will actually accept, and actually, then it shows they mostly like this. You know, market research shows this. If someone's just in their bedroom, a la Kate Nash, you know, broken their leg and at home from the Brit school and need to, you know, just post a couple of things to MySpace, then shouldn't that be just My like space. beautifully unfiltered, undoctored genius? And then it's actually that Caroline's came later. Victim. I think. I think that was more of a teensies. That's not what we call that decade, but <laughs> whatever we're calling the last decade that we've not had oh, the meeting really? about even yet, though, we've not decided. Even though, like Lily Allen and Lily, yeah, Allen. because I think that it was still being filtered through the big business at that point. Like the really? internet, I thought Lily was Allen just and sort of people just starting. Like, right. I mean, because we had a MySpace. Bear in mind, well, I no, think we still uh, do have a yeah, MySpace. But I mean, like the people who were successful were still. Coming sure. through I mean, at the top record in, yeah, record yeah, labels, yeah. like you know, Lily Allen's first album was produced by Mark Ronson. I mean, she wasn't. Yeah, but how did she around. meet him? <laughs> Probably because her dad's like a baronet or something. But um... because her dad is a baron, he's like he's what's that, his he's name a, from that he's, thing? Um, Keith Allen, isn't he? Um, no, I, you know, but yeah. it, like it's because it <laughs> you know when she first came out, there was this sort of like, oh my god, earthy, down with the kids, you know, streetwise, and then it just sort of gradually became clear that she. Went to be dead. Went to be dead. And, and, and we, we we discovered this. We were like, oh damn it! We sort of <laughs> we have to reframe our spoof of her. But um, yeah, I, I I guess I just feel I just mean how did these people get to the position where they make a, a debut album? I mean, obviously, you know, yeah, Lily Allen's first output that you know was bought, I'm sure, was this kind of well produced, many hands on it album. But she, I thought she was one of these people that just kind of uploaded stuff to a to a profile. I, I, that's my impression of her is that she was a sort of a a bedroom starter. Am I wrong? Well, that is the genius of the marketing. Well, oh there you go. God. You bought it. I thought she was of the of the earth, salted and sainted. Oh well. I think she was mainly out getting wankered when she was a teenager. To be that fair, too. is the impression That's I get. Also Which salting. is why her music's so great. She gets it. Brilliant. <laughs> Big fan of Lily Allen. I'm just going to say that. Well, She's everyone knows smart. we love Lily Allen. We've. We've used her in what every single show practically. Well, we tried to use her to the point where it became look, guys, Lily Allen's now a married woman, a mother of however many, and she's just not the same cultural reference that she used to be when you started to frisky manage. And she was the guaranteed big laugh of the show, I feel. She was just 
everyone just I mean she was one it. of a breed I think she was the spearhead of that movement of sort of insouciant cockney girl things Kate Nash also in that camp I think sure sure um, Adele others also <laughs> Winehouse that are not in my mind <laughs> I mean they're not insouciant um, in a comedy way but yeah but yeah but yeah, you know, and she was she was kind of um she was serving us like bone dry content, and I mean that in a good way. Mm. It was juicy underneath the sort of crispy outside. <laughs> she was very okay, I, I know I've talked myself food into are you it. talking about? I don't, am I hungry? I'm clearly hungry because <laughs> all of my analogies are very crispy outside a nugget. Okay. Very food. She is she is the crispy nugget. <laughs> Of the pop world because it's it's dry on the mouth at first on first taste because it's I mean it's very sarcastic it's very and like vocally she's giving you nothing oh god she's just Less like delivering you as if she's speaking yeah and but it's quite sweet and it's quite unassuming but then once you bite into it and you get all that juicy 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 <laughs> I just love like you look in you look at the sun and you look in the mirror it's like oh my god it's a double meaning she means the papers but she also means so, yeah. <laughs> so okay, reflection. so punning. It's literary. It's punning. She's a genius. It's punning. Yeah, that's why. Well, she's punny. It's, it's good. wordplay. It's wordplay, and that's why. Obviously, I mean, is this the point to to point out that we uh, we managed to identify in Lily maybe a strain that led back to wordplay punning songwriting geniuses of yore, namely Noel Coward. Well, yeah, I mean, I think we wanted to talk about Lily Allen. We did. And yeah. actually, no, no, it came from us meeting somebody who was doing an Noel Coward thing. Oh, the idea, And yes, we were in yeah, a dressing room with him and he was like, what would it be funny to hear Noel Coward sing that's modern? And I said, Lily Allen, because I thought that would be funny because she's so opposite in her energy. In delivery. In her, yeah, like, exactly. initial presentation. Yeah. Um... And literally never saw or heard of that guy again. No idea who he was or it's, where um, he went. It's the lovely, uh, but I was like, well, I know who it is. It's the absolutely lovely and very iconic and established David Benson, the actor. Who, okay, sorry about that, David Benson. David Benson, <laughs> who's like was in One Man Two Governors <laughs> at the Nationals, been on TV many times. Like he's a never heard of since. Never heard. He's of. totally like a. A big Tumbled into obscurity of, of entertainment, and also nobody knows him. No idea. <laughs> but but we did um, we did check that we were allowed to do this thing. I, I believe we did get in touch with him and say. You know, this idea that we said to you, we, we'd like to do it, actually. We're actually going to do it ourselves, so back off. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, he's a lovely guy. Is what we said. Yeah. Um, and we sent him a, the head of a dead animal. Um, <laughs> I we, <wish>. uh, <laughs> But yeah, no, because, I, I, you know, I thought we thought of it, so we can do it. So, I mean, sure. I came up with that very, very, very loose concept and then did that thing where I'm like, hey, oh, Matthew, the reason it is. saying this is Noel Coward. And then you just were like, okay. And it was... Amazing. I hated it. I hated doing it. Do I know, but it was so good. But I really felt like, I mean, this goes into many issues of my own that we don't need to bore you with, but um, I honestly couldn't understand why it was worth watching or listening to. I just felt like this is just the unfunniest thing ever. It's just me being me, but a bit faster. That's all it is. And it turns out that's hilarious. That's all you ever needed to do in your life. I know, but obviously I was like, but I need to, I need to be, no, no, you don't. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's crazy how people don't know what's the best for them. But I think it was but I think we quickly realized that it worked because she's a wordsmith and that's like the the basic fundamental of it. It works. Yeah. It's because the, it's the genius extra layer. Yeah. It's a patter song essentially, yeah. but she's not delivering it as a patter song. Yeah. And um, but once you strip that back and reveal it, then you go, "Oh." And that is at the heart of everything we try and do. <laughs> it's yes. that realization. Would you like to hear it? 
Should we play a little snippet? Maybe the whole thing. I don't know. I don't know how long it is. Flying to the city on my bike all day because the thought took away my license. It doesn't get me down, I feel okay because the sights I'm seeing are priceless. Everything seems to look as it should, but I wonder what's going on behind doors. A fellow looking dapper sitting with a slabber, I see it's a pimp at his crack hole. You might laugh, you might frown. Walking round London town. Suns and sky, oh why, oh why would I want to be anywhere else? Suns and sky, oh why, oh why would I want to be anywhere else? If you look with your eyes, everything seems nice, but if you look twice, it means it's all lies. Do you see what I mean? There was a little old lady walking in the road, struggling with bags from Tesco. People from the city having lunch in the park, yes, it's called El Fresco. A boy comes along to offer a hand before she's had time to accept it. Hits her over the head, doesn't care if she's dead, cause he got all her jewelry and won it. Ha! You might laugh, you might frown. Walking round London town. Ha! Suns and sky, oh why, oh why, would it want to be anywhere else? Suns and sky, oh why, oh why, would it want to be anywhere else? If you look with your eyes, Everything seems nice, but if you look twice, you'll see it's all lies. That's city life, that's city life, but it's witty life. <laughs> so, in the noughties, um, I have it here that Rihanna put out um, 418 albums. <laughs> okay. I love that that's a joke, but also I love that you said, I have it here as if we were in a boardroom. We are. <laughs> you had the, the last quarters. The PowerPoint presentation. Exactly. I have it here in my uh, research. Confirmed. Yeah. Um, she worked hard. I mean, she did work hard for the decade. Money. Yeah. So hang on. I think. It can't have been really 418. No, no, it wasn't. That was a joke. It was many, it was many, many albums. But what I love about Rihanna in that time is she went, she came out as like a dance hall girl. Yeah. With the Pondy play, which loved, um, where she was wearing, you know, the mm-hmm. standard issue combat pants, tight top. God, yeah. um, and then they tried to make her like pop princess. They tried to go full Britney. Did they? Well, yeah, because with the like, um, so the dance one. Oh, um, I'm a sim, I'm a sim, I'm a um, uh, please don't stop the music. That's the one. Which is basically just Michael Dun. Jackson with a crap tune over it. Yeah. Yes, oh, um, you know, and they like massively undersold her, and that shut up and drive. Oh. Like, what was that? What are you I, doing? I really? love that. No, that makes it's not me for laugh. you. That's comedy to me. That's the one. What I, I, oh, and they, no, I think they were trying to make her like Beyonce too, because they also gave her like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. I don't want to be the reason why. Love that, that song. Unfaithful. God. It's amazing. I didn't even clock um, that. And then I think finally somebody. Gave her rude boy, and she changed the game forever. And ever since then, she's just been publicly smoking weed and living her best and life. Being, yeah, loved it. a sort of Barbadian princess of modern culture. I mean, I loved it. Jean Queen. I loved it when she became, you know, culturally the sort of meeting point of her own heritage and the area that she found herself in. That for me was where it was like, there you go. There's your. There's your. Everybody space. just went. Which is fine, but it takes people time. It takes people years sometimes to to arrive where it just feels like things are meeting. And, you know, it doesn't write off the things before necessarily, but you you know, when you just feel like, oh, there you go. Oh yeah, we're on we're in we're in a comfort zone. And that's not necessarily to say it's safe and boring, but it's just we're in a place where everything is sort of you know, is is working together in a kind of harmonious way. Um and and I felt that personally. I loved it with the um, 
Oh, na, na. Was my name. That one for me was so good because it was so like weird a tune and kind of not it didn't it felt very different to anything else that was around or that she'd done and it was such a bang i loved that one i was my that's my favorite one i think yeah she's yeah good for i her. was good for her all about that good chat good chat glad we're all, so <laughs> glad just rihanna, we all agree we've got our favorite songs rihanna's great. and she's barbadian bye okay her name is robin um obviously we should point out robin fenty fenty <laughs> robin fenty um the you know, of course, Rihanna had that whole thing, but also, like, this was the era of Destiny's Child into Beyonce. <laughs> I don't think Latavia and Latoya went into Beyonce. Well, they <laughs> Crazy in Love was just some kind of, like, <laughs> bit where all four became one and just took the name they Beyonce. Were booty popped out the side way before the yeah, things actually, got good. Yeah, that's true. God, isn't that depressing? So Destiny's Child, I mean, hang on. Let me just How many fact check How many my fact checking here. Uh, let me find out. Destiny's Child when... were the American sugar babes. Just, it's just a, it's In just case a brand you don't name. Know. It's a brand name. They're, you know, there's one person who's sort of the, well, actually, Beyonce's that in Destiny's Child. Who in sugar babes? If you say there was a central sugar babe, who is it? Mucha. Probably Mucha, isn't it? I might go with uh, Keisha. Apparently she's... She's difficult to work. She's with. the one that stayed. She's the one that stuck around. She went. She went through it. Oh, actually, it's true. Yeah, sorry. She was the one that, even with two new members, she was still there. So actually, yeah, she's she's yeah. the Beyonce just by default. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So just fact checking. Uh, it was 2001 when uh, the uh, Latoya and Latavia the, were booted the and replaced. And the Latavia. Okay. By uh, two other people. One of whom was Michelle. Whoa. I believe. Sorry, yes, no. <laughs> my brain just replaced Kelly and Michelle. I cannot believe that my brain just did that to me. That was horrific. <laughs> That's terrible um, because obviously Michelle's number three. Yes, yes. And there was Farrah Franklin. Does anyone remember Farrah oh. from the Say My Name video? That's the only one she got to do. Bless and what's her. great about the Say My Name video is they've got each member of Destiny's Child with three randoms yes. in like four setups. With different colours. Doing all their like schemes. pose yeah. and pose. So what's brilliant <laughs> is in the Farrah one, yeah. nobody knows which one is actually the member of Destiny's Child. It's just four dancers. It's just four random women that we never saw again. <laughs> nobody knows. It's if one, it's oh lost in fact if to one of them history. Had been, if one of them had been Farrah Fawcett, that would have really thrown a curveball. Um... Especially because she was in a 60s Late then? 60s and like, yeah. Heaven. Blonde. Heaven. <laughs> With feathers. If she'd have gone full First Wives Club and just been like, exactly. you'd have on me. Goldie Horn. Oh, that film. So she been. Good. That's what they should have done. Yeah. <laughs> um, you don't know. I mean, Destiny Child went from, like, I, I wanted to, them to be called like distressed Diddy's denim Lee's child. Like, they <laughs> were the queens of distressed denim. Thank God you don't know In the bands. early noughties. <laughs> Distressed Denim's Lee's child. <laughs> okay, when I was like 16, I thought that was hilarious. Uh, luckily, that was, that, first, was not... that was your first punchline you ever wrote. But luckily, we'll, we'll put it in. We'll put it in. Never sure. saw people. Don't, no, don't okay, put fine. it in ever. You um, like denim? Well, no. To be fair, I mean Christina. I think Christina did that thing that she did throughout her entire career, which is what's everybody doing? Okay, I'm going to do it more, more and, and a bit less, like less clothing. Yeah. She was wearing the jeans that were literally just two strips of denim down the sides. Yeah. And then in between was just frayed. Frayed, frayed <laughs> strands um, of her career and of denim. Yeah. 
what I loved about Destiny's Child was they, they they had to cover the range because they couldn't all dress the same. They never, never matched. But they were always like the same <laughs> theme. So like somebody was in hot pants. Yep. Somebody was in a skirt. Somebody jeans. was in boot cut, low slung jeans right. always. Yeah. And uh, usually Kelly, if we're boot clear. Cut. Well, Kelly has the figure. Always Kelly's boot cut. Beautiful. She was always in the boot cut. Kelly I felt beautiful. really bad for Kelly. I thought like, oh, you're, that was the sign to me that she was bullied. Do you think? Because she was the second lead singer. Have you seen that clip? That's so good. Listen. <laughs> I'm the second lead singer of Destiny's Child, Beyonce, side eye. So good. Beyonce always got like the hot pants to like mm. flash the oh, leg. That would be the thing I would least want. Yeah. I think it's because Beyonce's got the chunk on the thighs and actually, weirdly, that's more flattering than a boot cut. Yeah, I, I, Kelly I always the had the great of, legs. I love so looking they had at to Beyonce hide her legs. small shorts. You know, that looks nice. They had to hide her in the uh, in the boot cut so that Beyonce looked better. That's terrible because um, it was managed by her dad. And then, like, Kelly just... Uh, Michelle just got whatever was left. <laughs> Michelle. Th- they threw like, some scraps in a corner and they were like, Michelle. Yeah, whatever. your turn. Just stitch it together, babes. Be fine. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah. And, like, they even had, like, weird, like, denim gauntlets sometimes or, like, random, like, knee-high. Th- like, it, because they would let Beyonce's mom style them. Like, she made their costumes and it's so clear. They're so, like, dance mom. <laughs> They're so, like, creative in inverted commas. She's, like, she got a shitload of denim and she just, like, ripped it all up and then was like, okay, this is going to be a top and this is going to be a bandana. <laughs> and this Not one's going to be... Itchy. Itchy. I swear, I swear you could find on the internet Destiny's Child where one of them had a denim bandana. I promise you that exists because that's just denim what they earrings. were doing. I loved it. Denim earrings, maybe? <laughs> Den- for sure. For sure. Denim jewelry. Denim watch. Definitely. <laughs> definitely happened. And they let her have her own clothing oh. line, Derion. And then they got it in. Oh. They put it in. Beyonce still put wait, it in. Wait, no, wait, wait, wait hang wait, on. Wait, 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 wait. Is Derion her mom or is Derion Beyonce? Hang on, wait a minute. How do you know all this? This is how do I? How do you not know this? How do you know? How do you know Beyonce's mother's clothes line? I just <gasps> what? This is not. We don't know. That's not. These are not the important issues of the day. I don't. Okay, no wait. House of Darion is Beyonce. Stop it! <laughs> I've got headphones. In on, my Darion jeans. It's literally in single ladies. She like <gasps> plugged her own shit. Oh my god! I've always wait. wondered what that referred to. I just assumed it was like, you know, Cavalli, but I'd never heard of it. So basically, the noughties was a big time for both Beyonce and Distressed Denim, and I think that their trajectories were very much linked. Sure. Oh, because I know nothing about it, I will have to agree with you there. But please, listeners, write in if you if you do disagree that Denim was the most important <laughs> musical trend of the early wow. 2000s. Oh my God, do you not remember that amazingly famous picture of um, Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears back when they were dating? I mean power couple I, where they were both in double denim I, it was amazing I stand corrected I fully forgot I blocked that out I hate denim I don't think I own denim denim is something that I have very oh, much true. Re- you don't. resisted haven't I I'm always in a chino or a cord I'm never in a, <laughs> never in a denim I just don't like it I don't like the feel very recently you got some jeans and that went with that I that that, that was comment that was noteworthy it was you did comment on them but I actually I have them here they're um they're not made of denim they look like denim but they're made of something else. It's some kind so of hybrid. Ridiculous. I know. You're so ridiculous. It's the only jeans I want. Anyway, I've got something to throw in here. I don't know if I'm right on this, but I believe the 2000s was the first decade when we had a reality show solely dedicated to finding a pop star. Is that right? I think... Wait, let's find it. I think it might have been... 
Because it was pop stars, wasn't it? When was it? that? Pop stars. Or pop idol? No. Was pop, which one was first? Pop stars was first okay. and then pop idol. Okay. Okay. Pop stars was early 2001. You are correct. <sighs> Thank goodness. So yeah, right. this was the era of the TV talent search. Yeah. Making a pop star. Firstly, what do you think about the, the format? Anyway, I, I mean, I feel like it's problematic and fraught with issues that uh, some of which we are privy to as also being, you know, because of what we do for a living, we, I guess we, you know, kind of understand some of the machinery behind the shows in a way that, to be honest, I'm sure everyone understands the machinery by this point. We're all, no one's under any illusions, are they, about how these things get made and some of the slightly dodgy It's exploitation. funny, actually, to think about when these were first coming out, people were quite innocent. Exactly. And were quite naive, I think, about, about what was going That's on. That's what I and mean. Now I think we're all like, it's TV, it's, you know, it's fine, it is what it no is. No illusion. Yeah. Whereas at the time, I think people got really uh, invested and, um, yeah. you know, really bought the stories and really kind of were very susceptible to those narratives that were made absolutely yeah they, they they weren't understanding the tropes that we now understand because we've seen them you know enough times to to recognize them as tropes of certain backstory elements or certain biographical details that are emphasized you know people being it you know i always think of there was one series in this decade like quite recently where there was a winner of one of these shows who they kept talking about that she was a policewoman or she was a pri- no, pri- prison officer that was it she was a prison officer and she you know it just really emphasized her home life and her work life being in the prison and that she had a husband and kids or whatever and then I'm sure there were just countless demos online that surfaced of her you know she'd had many a sort of record deal or you know she'd, she'd been on the the bubble on the brink of the of, of getting somewhere you know for, for years and had been trying and striving this wasn't her first time thinking maybe I'll be a singer but obviously to enter into a reality show and have people care about you as a person and you know and root for you and, and feel like you're an underdog of course they completely they, there was no mention of any of those things in any of her VTs but there was so many mentions of the prison work and I was a bit like I think that's just what she does like Maybe part time. I don't even know. It's just like maybe maybe she went for one week to a prison, and now they're calling her a prison. She was in prison. That's they were just <laughs> what was it? They just made it. It's like thing. if we went on these shows, what would they have? They'd have to. They couldn't say any of our true oh, biographical details. They'd have to say no. that you. I'm a librarian, and you, you know, work in a clothes shop. <laughs> like that would be. They'd have to go that far back to find. They would find anything like rootable for. But yeah, it's it's weird. Isn't I think it, it was. Um, I think it was a time, I think we don't get as invested in, in the people, in the characters as we did when we were more innocent about it. Sure. You know, now everybody's so kind of knowing. You're just like, yeah, yeah, I get it. I know this is the story and I just like it and that's fine. It's a bit of a guilty pleasure. Whereas at the time, you know, people, I mean, the outcry when Javine did not get that spot in Girls Aloud, when Sarah. That was ridiculous. I mean, I mean now, now it's proven like, to have been absolutely the, the right choice. It, it, of course, like history has has looked kindly upon that vote. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I mean, Javine stole Jamelia's husband when they were, <laughs> she was working with him on the musical Daddy Cool. So She's not a good egg. Um, you just mean Sarah Harding. We all discovered. Very good Sarah egg. Harding, on the other hand. <laughs> super. No egg. flies on her. Top draw egg. <laughs> um, what are we saying? So no, no, no. It was. But yeah. That, that was a conscious. But I mean, also, I mean, girls, but I think what nobody expected, and this has been, you know, much gone over, mm. that 
When they did this whole, oh yeah, pop stars the rivals, yeah yeah, we know what this is going to be. One true voice came out with like nah, Shakespeare's words, and it was. Um, How do you remember that? Pete How do you remember wasn't that? It? Um, Pete Waterman, not Waterhouse. Waterhouse, Price Waterhouse Cooper. It was Price Waterhouse. It was Cooper. Mary Whitehouse. She. <laughs> I do that. <laughs> um, Pete Waterman did this like super lame what thing, so and I Louis like Walsh, who we didn't really know then, that was like the first thing he'd done. Absolutely smashed it, and he stole a song off a girl band that were due to come out. That was like that. He got he. It was Xenomania. It was when we were all introduced to the producing team Xenomania, and it was James, like. James. Roots in like drum and bass and a bit garage, but also pop and like was like dirty and cool. And it was like, what? It was a complete, Who? a complete shock to me to find oh, out that that was, was the song they were going with. It was about, I was obsessed with it. I mean, I didn't was, like the song, you know, as a, as a piece of music, but I was, I, I, I doffed my cap to the team. You know, my goodness, what a choice. Louis, well done. But I, I, okay, now you've ruined it because I didn't realise it was him that was responsible, largely responsible. I'm really sad about that. Well, that was how he then had a career for the subsequent Is it? You know, 20 years. Is he? Okay. I, I think so. Oh, yeah. I think that was the one thing, like, whenever anybody was like, why do we still why have this man we? on television? Yeah. People went, girls allowed. And everyone went, fair play. Okay. Fair play to the old man. Fair play. We'll allow it. He's only um, 62. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know how old he is. Um, girls allowed. Oh, yeah. Sound of the underground. I mean... Again, another one that we just couldn't not go to when we uh, had our first flurry of material collection. It was... I remember really vividly that this was written in the hallowed halls of the Royal Academy of Music. (laughs) Oh, yes, where you were an attendee and I was an employee. Indeed, indeed. (laughs) That that goes to show Um, our different stations in life, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I was bringing you books in your glorified And I appreciated it. (laughs) Exactly. You tipped me. Uh, No, as if I ever went anywhere near the library while I was there, please. I was doing show tunes. Sure, Um, sure. sure. I, yeah, we we snuck in and uh, there's these great practice rooms at the Royal Academy of Music where there's these long corridors of like individual little boxes of rooms where people go in and you walk down the corridor and you hear like... Little snippets. These world-class musicians practicing. There's like a violinist and then there's a cellist and you hear a bassoon and then there's a double bass and it's all this harp and all these amazing things all being practiced at the highest level. (laughs) And then suddenly there's us two doing, (laughs) trying to play Sound of the Underground on on a piano. piano. Which I've always said, it, like I still can't believe this used to be the kind of finale showstopper of our of our show when it's so such a boring piano. There's no way of making it as good as the track is because with the piano, no, it sounds no, so. So it has to just be like bonky, 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 bonky. It's literally clinky, and it used to get so fast. It used to just end up being so fast. You had used to have to move your hand like this. She she'd like subtly try and just signal to me that I'd raced away with it because it was a mixture because I. I naturally do speed up when I'm performing anyway because of the just naturally it's a natural thing that many performers do because of the energy you know just kind of the increased energy we all we all can sing just that little bit higher and we go that little bit faster because you know that of that heightened state but also on the other side of it I was there was another reason for me going so fast it was because I was really painfully aware that it wasn't that cool (laughs) sounding so I was just like let's get through it quicker it'll be more impressive if it's quick. I think this is the other thing that we much later discovered a thing about it that had happened accidentally, but a lot of people think was the intention, yeah. which is that it's it sounds rude. 
Like, yeah. suddenly it makes, like, you it's, know, yeah, it's, Incy it's Spider sound saucy. And yeah. it was never, inte- like, no. uh, what we f- thought was silly was that it was so not cool, sexy girl band. It was so... Yeah. But apparently, but we we were just so powerfully sexual in our delivery. You were. Um, we transformed Incy Wincy into a big pile of filth. Bear in mind that people in Australia have told us, you know, of places where uh, this song was not a hit necessarily. Unfathomable. Unfathomable of that course. there are territories on this planet. Those that's poor, true. <laughs> undeveloped countries where girls allowed were oh. not um, primary. Truly, primary truly the third stars. world. But those people who have then, I've, I've, I've know people who have said to us, you know, we had no idea what, the real we we just assumed that was a song you know it's that weird thing of they didn't know what the reference was to the original song so they didn't understand there was a sound on the ground they thought we had just made a sexy wheels on the bus go round of our own and they were like how have they written this incredible piece exactly and they said we don't care that it's a reference that we don't get we actually just like it for the fact that it's a sexy version of the nursery rhyme well also because it's an amazing song and they don't even know but they do secretly like (laughs) girls aloud sure let's go with that yeah And on the farm he had a dog With a woof woof here and a woof woof there Here a woof, there a woof, everywhere a woof Peter Piper picked a peck of peppers Got a feeling it's a mixed up sign Chilling up the hill to fetch some water Something funny's going on inside my mind Wincy Wincy climbed the water spout Rinking down and then it washed him out Up came the sun and dried up all the rain Wincy Wincy climbed, Wincy Wincy climbed The wheels on the bus go round The wheels on the bus go round and around The wipers on the bus go swish the wipers on the bus go swish, swish, swish. Doors go open and shut. It's the doors they open and they shut. Wheels on the bus go round. Wheels on the bus go, wheels on the bus go round. Old MacDonald had a farm. And on the farm he had a girl back. With a here and a there Here a there a everywhere a Promise I made, promise I made, starting to fade There he had a little lamb And its fleece was pure as now Everywhere the merry winds Ooh, that sexy little lamb was sure to go Come every time you come around my Everywhere the Mary went, the 
got a couple of things here i mean anastasia anastasia Anastasia. how could we have taken this long to loop back around loop to anastasia because <laughs> she she's I still mean, trying to unswallow her esophagus you know she, she somehow she ingested it in the I early 2000s she's, and she's still trying to get it up trying to get that that was acceptable to, to uh, make a noise like that. It was. It was acceptable to like swallow your esophagus. Eating a <laughs> trumpet. I don't know. <laughs> Why it, don't I plan uh, these things before I say them? I always go into uh, a simile and then I don't know where I'm going. I enjoy your little simile cul-de-sacs. They're, They're always cul-de-sacs. One of the no joys of my life. <laughs> um, uh, yes. I, I had the album. You did Cowboys and Kisses. That was what the album was called. Not you that kind of girl, but it had the song Cowboys and Kisses. Which didn't even was, know there was uh, an album. I knew there was a song, but... Oh, there was an album. Funny. Um, and there was also... I'm out of love. Step back. Oh, of course. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Superb. Superb. I mean, I mean, it was goosey. It had a goosey quality to it, didn't it? Of course. Well, female voices in the 2000s. Female voices generally, there's such a variety on display, isn't there? And there are some sounds you can't believe were ever allowed, but... Um, Anastasia being one of the most remarkable, crazy voices that there were, but also, who's this? I mean, you'll you'll know from the song I choose, but I can't believe Will this I? actually was was not only culturally but critically beloved at the time. Don't know how I didn't care. That's a sleeping goose. It's <laughs> a, a sleeping goose. People kind of just went, well, she's jazz. Do you know what I mean? That that oh that papers over a multitude of cracks, doesn't it? Saying jazz. Don't overthink it, just be natural. Go. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening (laughs) to our podcast. It's been a real thrill. We're so glad you listen. Otherwise, what's the point of doing it? And we hope you tune in for all the other episodes that we are going to do in this series, Acceptable in the Decades. Are we? Oh, good. Um, I think we've only really got one more, unless we start going backwards. Acceptable in the 1860s. That's that's Um, on my next document. I've got that. Oh, God. Um, (laughs) Yes, we have been Laura Corcoran and Matthew Floyd-Jones, a.k.a. Frisky and Manish. And you can find out all the other things we do on other things, other places, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. There is a MySpace. From 1999, (laughs) apparently. From 
No, I didn't. All right, fine. 2003. We weren't even. We never even met each other. I know. I don't know. I've got no concept of time. I was 15. I thought it was the world. (laughs) Anyway, um, find us. Say hey. You're brilliant. We're really happy that you're around and, you know, you're involved in this. And if this hasn't been in any way diverting, certainly hasn't been uh, educational in any (laughs) useful way. But, um, you know, we all remembered Anastasia together. And I think that that's... That's important. That's <laughs> what we're here for. You're, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank bye. you. Bye. This podcast was written and presented by Laura Corcoran and Matthew Floyd-Jones and produced by Barry Hilton. All rights reserved. Contact us for detailed copyright information. And don't sue us.